We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is April 11th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, the season is over. We made it. It's over. It's over. We. Uh, I was just telling you before we were recording. Like we were just kind of you were you know doing your last your your last minute prep here, and I was like, man, I just I can't believe it's finally come to an end. It it felt so long and so short at the same time to me that it was just like I, I don't know. Some set parts of the season felt you know faster than others. Some drug by like since all-star break it has been dragging by thankfully markel fultz came back and was able to kind of you know uh help us out there uh make it a little more enjoyable the other thing uh jonathan you know where how i'm how i'm feeling i announced officially uh yesterday that uh a few different things i announced that we are uh pregnant with our second um which i had not said on the show but that is a huge reason why we are moving back to florida uh baby will be due in october um, round time of like opening opening night type thing probably so that'll make for a hectic beginning of the year for the magic and for recording and all that uh, and landed a job so uh, landed a job work from home job that I can do and it'll make the transition a lot easier um, just a really good situation for me love the company I'm going to work for and uh, yeah so it's a it's it's a celeb- celebratory time season's over and all that stuff is happening we're moving to Florida here in the next few months as well let's go Kevin, uh, you know, Kevin mentioned that there's a, a chance that we might all be attending the home opener together yep. this coming season, which would be there's awesome. A chance. Luke and I have, I mean, we've only got to hang out like a couple hours in in person in real life. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, over uh, some great food. So, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, shout out, shout out Latinos, Latinos baby. All day. Mm-hmm. Ocala, what's up? What's popping? <laughs> and then, you know, Kevin is, you know, just a crazy person who makes the drive from, savannah georgia to orlando like every two weeks it seems like so uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah lots of stuff to look forward to yeah man it was a long season um like last season it wasn't so bad because it was just like after the trade deadline things got really bad but this whole season was bad well and last year was different because at that after the trade deadline there were still new faces to get excited about, right? I remember I, I was just sitting in front of the TV, you know, in front of my stream, whatever it was, seeing, you know, RJ Hampton surpass his career high in points and just getting, like, excited for him and for the future. So it was a, there was a lot of different, like, storylines last year. Obviously, this year, like I said, Markel Fultz kind of took us to the finish line. But Yeah. Well, first thing that I want to say is it's been a long season. Like Luke said, you know, the last – you know, six months roughly. It feels like just yesterday we were, you know, at the home opener to watch the Magic take on the Knicks, mm-hmm. and like you have so much excitement and hope for the beginning of the season, and you know you want to see these promising young players, and then especially through November, December, as the losses really start to rack up, and you're like, okay, let's just get to the All Star break. Then you get through the All Star break, and it's, it really becomes apparent that the full tank is on. 
and they're like, mm-hmm. man, we just got to get to the end of this season. But we, first of all, I just like, you know, we've been doing this now. It's been three years, you know, since you know, started the podcast and, you know, two years with Luke now, almost coming up on a year with Kevin. We added, you know, Ben to the team as the event coordinator, uh, you know, last summer. We've added, you know, Tim Jones and Ryan Brock as writers this year and, just the way that the show has grown, the social media accounts, like the YouTube channel, all the like yeah. engagement and stuff like that. It's just like, I don't know about you, Luke, but like the last year for the podcast, like yeah. I know, it, you know, me and you and then Kevin came on, but it's just like things have, uh, have ramped up a little bit and I- I'm super excited for the future. Super appreciative for the whole team here at the six man show super super appreciative and grateful to you know all of you that listen and engage with us on social media because without them i mean we're just two yeah you know relatively well, handsome very good looking mm, guys talking into mm, microphones that's true yeah, yeah yeah i wanted to add uh talking about social media growing and everything like that when i joined the show uh two years ago like you said uh, i remember distinctly noting how many followers we had on twitter at the time at the time, we were at like 1,200, 1,300 followers, I believe. Now looking at it, being 60 followers away from 4,000, uh, insane, dude. Yeah. Like you you think of, it's not your typical like Twitter following. A good bit of the people who follow us on Twitter are people that we interact with every day, but also people that listen to the show. So I think that's a good also kind of a, a meter for engage for for the growth that's happened in the, in the last few years, last couple of years for the show, man. It's been it's been insane to see. And it's insane that I've been doing this and known you for two years at this point, you know, yep. going from not knowing you at all to we talk every day. Yep. So it's for better uh, or worse. It's, it, for better or for worse. Better you know, or for yeah. worse. You know, <laughs> and there's days I just can't stand them, you know, oh, okay. but, but there's other days where, where, I, where of the I, day. I'm like, all right, Luke, come on. you're saying something right. pretty wild right now, but yeah, 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 yeah. I get bored. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been awesome. There's been a, a really, a really fun time here. So, growing the show and uh next year only as the team gets better man um we're gonna have a larger magic community we're gonna have more people engage with the show more people want to listen it's hard when the, the team sucks like they do so yeah. if you guys have, have have rocked with us this year it is no easy task to want to listen to magic content when the team is like it is but we we sincerely appreciate you guys if you're if you're you know been rocked with us all year you know you watch the majority of the games this season and you're you know looking forward to the the lottery and the draft and you know off season content from us. I want you to do one thing. I want you to put your right hand out. I want you to put your left hand right underneath your elbow. I want you to bring your hand up about ninety degrees. Take that left hand, push that elbow back. Give yourself a nice pat on the back mm-hmm. because you it's deserved good. it. We all deserve That's it. Good. It's been a long season, but yeah, super appreciative to you guys. And there's another group that we are super appreciative, Luke, and that is our patrons. So our yes. patrons that help financially support the show and help us do what we absolutely love. Um, if you are interested in financially supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three tiers of benefits that you can select from. Actually, as a special thank you to every single one of our patrons, this Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, we are having like an end of the season Patreon thank you Zoom call. We're just going to hang yep. out with all the patrons, talk about the season, kick back, relax, and just have the whole six-man team there if possible. If possible, we're trying to get everybody there, you know, our writers, you know, Ben, our event coordinator, Luke, yep. Kevin, everybody. So make sure you come hang out. If you join before Thursday, you guys will have access to that. And we do have two new patrons this week, Luke, that hopefully will be joining us on Thursday. We want to shout them out, uh, specifically Jamel Miller and Michael Salapong, our two new patrons. Thank you guys so much for obviously rocking with the podcast, but helping support the show. It really means the world to us. If you want a special shout out just like that, we do that for all of our new patrons each episode, and we shout out every single patron. Luke, last week I said I'm going to try to do this in one breath, Mm. so we're going to try to do this in one breath. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the lung capacity, but I'm going to try. So, all right, hold on. I, I did that too early. I need to say thank mm. you too, and I need to take another deep breath. Ready? Okay. Yeah, you got it. Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Bo Outlaw Fan, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong. 
That yeah, that's right, uh-huh. baby. That was one shot. One shot. That's good. You got some you got some uh some pipes on you. Yeah. We I kinda ran through those pretty quickly. So, you know, if you need to slow this down to like zero point five speed to hear all of those, then by all means go ahead and do that. But thank you to our patrons, thank you to supporters, everybody listening to the show for, you know, the last three years, two years, this season, whatever it is, five seconds. We love you guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Luke, let's break down the weekly state of the magic. Actually, before I do that, my I have scatterbrain right now. May 17th, the night of the draft lottery, it is confirmed yeah. we are going to be at Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando. It's about a block, you know, walking distance from Amway Center. We are going to be there for the our, I guess, at this point, it's our annual draft lottery <laughs> watch party. Hopefully, we don't have to do this again next year. Mm-hmm. But if we do, we'll be there. But Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando, we don't have a time yet. We don't know exactly what time the draft lottery is starting. Last year, we were there at 7.30, and the draft lottery started at 8.30. So my guess would be sometime around there, you know, between 7, 8 o'clock, plan on being there. And then we'll be having a grand old time as the Magic win a top pick in the draft. We are going to speak that and manifest that into existence. But guys, last year, it was a much bigger turnout than we expected but we are expecting an even bigger turnout this year. Trust me, if you are a Magic fan that is invested in this team at all, you are invested and interested about the future of this team, you want to be around other Magic fans, there is not a place on earth that you would rather be than Harry Buffalo the night of May 17th. It's a Tuesday. Mark your calendars. Come out. We will be there. It's going to be a great time. Now let's get to the weekly state of the Magic. Your Orlando Magic went 2-1 and one this week. It was a winning week, Luke with a 120 to 115 win at home on Tuesday over the Cavaliers, a 128 to 101 road loss to the Hornets on Thursday, and then a season-ending 125 to 111 win at home over the Heat on Sunday night. The Magic end the season with a record of 22 wins, 60 losses, which is the worst record in the Eastern Conference and the second worst record in the NBA. The Magic coming into Sunday were 30th in offensive rating on the season. 19th in defensive rating, 28th in overall net rating. Since January 1st, the Magic are 10th in defensive rating, 46 games. Since January 1st, the Magic are a top 10 defense. We can talk more about what that means in a little bit here. The final injury report of the season, Jonathan Isaac still out due to the left ACL and now right hamstring injury. Bull Bull is still out with a foot injury. Wendell Carter was out with a wrist sprain. 
Jalen Suggs was out with an ankle sprain and bone bruise. Cole Anthony was out with a toe sprain. Franz Wagner was out with left and right ankle sprains to end the season. A lot of sprains. A lot of sprains. You know, uh, you know some uh, some questionable injuries there. But in mm. other Magic news, Luke, the Magic signed guard Devin Kennedy to a multi-year deal. I tried to look up the details. I don't see anything on Track tonight. My guess is it's going to be up tomorrow. We'll start to see some of those details. Uh, partially guaranteed contract, so my guess would be it's you know structured similar to the Mo Wagner deal where the first year was guaranteed, and then the Magic will have uh, there's a, a deadline. I think it's somewhere in, in June or July where the Magic can decide whether or not they want to guarantee Mo Wagner's contract for next season. My expectation would be that they would. But Devin Kennedy, long road back from the ankle dislocation that he suffered towards the end of the last season for the Magic, spent the whole year kind of rehabbing, played really well in the G League, got a 10-day contract with the Magic, and now has earned a, a multi-year NBA contract with the Orlando Magic. So congrats to Devin Kennedy. Hopefully he's going to be a guy able to provide some shooting off of the bench if need be next season. Luke, any thoughts on the Devin Kennedy signing? Um, no. He's uh he's he's made his way back. Uh had that injury and has uh, you know, made sure that that he he he's been very engaging with the Magic community, made sure he stays on the forefront of their minds and and everybody that follows him. And the uh, front office heard heard the fans. A lot of the fans love Devin Kennedy, and uh, he's he's coming back as a result. So, congrats to Devin Kennedy. Good to have you, man. Okay, Luke, let's move on to the Tankathon. So, Luke, I do a Tankathon every day on Twitter, and I post my results there. And the last I checked, it was like fourteen simulations that I had done. Seven of those we ended up in the top four. Six of those we did not. So right now, and it's really gonna the season's gonna end this way. Houston finishes the season twenty and sixty-two, the worst record in the league. Orlando twenty-two and sixty, Detroit twenty-three and fifty-nine, and then Oklahoma City twenty-four and fifty-seven. Um, twenty-four and fifty-seven. They, so they haven't finished uh, their season here. Indiana fi- finished twenty-five and fifty-seven. So Luke, if we pull up the NBA uh, scores real quick, Oklahoma City should be playing. Yeah, oh, they're they down basically 20 by the, at the end of the first quarter of the Clippers. Typical. Yeah. So the Oklahoma City uh, will finish probably 24 and 58 there. So Houston, Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma City. That is going to be your top four in terms of lottery odds there. Houston, number one. Orlando, number two. Uh, each of the top three teams, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, for the second season in a row, funny enough, uh, they have a 52.1% chance of ending up in the top four and a 14% chance of ending up with the number one overall pick. Today was the first lottery that I've done for, I I think in general this season, where the Magic actually ended up with the number one overall pick. So if you guys go to tankathon.com, you can simulate the 2022 NBA draft lottery. We do it each episode on the show here. We run it once, and then we share our results. Those are the rules. You run it once, you share your results. Luke, here we go. We're going to sim the lottery. And the Magic end up with the fifth pick overall. Incredible. OKC, Portland, Houston, Lakers, which goes to New Orleans. And the Magic mm-hmm. end up with the fifth pick. Well, here's the here's my piece, Jonathan, uh, regarding the lottery, right? We're going to have a lot of time to talk about this lottery. But the one thing I want to establish, those top three, those teams with the three worst record, uh, with the worst records in the league, those top three, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, have the same percentage chance to land the one, two, three, and four pick, right? They each have, you know, 14, 13.4%, 12.7%, 12% flat. Then there's a difference, right? The Rockets can't fall any lower than fifth, having, since they have the worst record, they'll finish with the worst record in the NBA. They have a 47.9% chance to get that fifth pick. The Magic have a 27.8% chance for that fifth pick and a 20% chance for that sixth pick because that's the lowest they can go. Detroit, um, has King fall to seven, and there's a seven percent chance that will happen. So the fact that Magic got the fifth pick in this uh, in this simulation, Jonathan, not surprising considering that is the greatest chance, twenty seven point eight percent for the Magic, and that that's why it's not that surprising that the Magic would get fifth in the in the lottery. Wouldn't be surprising if they got fifth this year. Well, the thing that I'll say about the, the like when you look at that, you're like, oh my gosh, we have the the best odds of any pick to end up fifth. But you right. still have 
a much greater chance of ending up in the top four than you do receiving right the fifth it's pick. just individual picks but when you look at it you're like well damn that yeah sucks. exactly yeah yeah well that's why it's a lottery so <laughs> well Fingers crossed, folks. Come out May seventeenth, and we can all sing "Kumbaya" and, and cry. We need together. to find the we need to find the person who gets the most returnings on their lottery tickets, and they go to the gas stations. Yeah. And we need to we need to have them just you know be wholly devoted to the magic leading up to the draft. Everybody lottery. knows like that one person in their life that just is like super lucky. Whether it's like, man, that mm-hmm. dude is hideous, and he's got a a smoke show for his wife, or mm-hmm. man, that guy's mm-hmm. got the the best job and he's an idiot or, you know, that person, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've hit the lottery two or three times by now. You know, they keep winning the pick three right. that night, May 17th, you find the luckiest person that you know in your life, whether you like them or not. And you bring them with you. I need to fly Lauren to, uh, to, to the lottery because Lauren wins. So I many thought you were going to say Lauren ended up with you and I was going to have to end Lauren the show. also got me. So she won the lottery of life, but <laughs> She she's giving me a look right now from the kitchen, actually. Oh, man. Um, Poor Lauren. No, but but really, I mean, she she uh, she won like this five hundred dollar, I think, like shopping spree to altered state at one point. Uh, she won a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card not too long ago. Like she she wins more than the average person. She wins way more than I do when it comes to things that require luck. I got none of it. She's got all of it. I'm flying her to Orlando, the Harry Buffalo for the watch party. Fly yourself while you're at it. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Maybe. Bring little Harper. A little, yeah. you know, baby Sylvia, you know, the whole, the whole crew. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk Thursday against the Hornets. I mean, these last couple of games here, pretty much pointless for the magic, but they happened. So we're going to talk about them. So the Hornets actually, uh, they come into the last few games here, Luke, you know, needing a few wins, you know, in, in terms of, uh, the play in tournament, you know, you've got Brooklyn, Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, all sitting there kind of fighting, you know, to, I mean, none of them were probably realistically going to get out of the plan, um, but they're trying their best to make sure that, you know, they, they end up as high as they can, you yeah. know, if they want to host one get of these playing court. games, or if you want to, you know, play in the seven, eight game versus the nine, 10 games, and you just got to win one game instead of two. So the Hornets come in uh, desperately needing to win this game, Luke. And um, yeah, they, they blew the doors off of the magic. So they ended yep. up winning this game uh, 128 to 101. What I want to fast forward to, because it was, in my opinion, the most entertaining part of the entire game. So the Magic are down 25 in the fourth quarter. I think there was roughly seven minutes to go. R.J. Hampton is is driving to the rim, gets fouled by J, uh, Jalen McDaniels. You know, R.J. Hampton, you know, doesn't like the foul, takes a little bit of offense, kind of walks up to Jalen McDaniels. P.J. Washington comes in. He doesn't like what's going on. He tries to break it up. Robin Lopez sees what P.J. Washington is doing. He doesn't like it. He comes in to break it up. Mm-hmm. Montrezl Harrell sees what Robin Lopez is doing. He doesn't like what he's doing. He comes in and starts shoving everybody. Then Admiral Schofield is like, hey, wait a minute. That's my guy. Don't, don't touch him. all of you. I'm going to come in. Oh, yeah, dude. Schofield is, is yacked. Comes yeah. in, starts shoving everybody. Um, then all of a sudden, everybody's pushing and shoving. Uh, the refs get in there. They kind of break everything up. When everything is calmed down, Okay, Montrezl Harrell gets ejected uh, for being an escalator, they said. Robin right. Lopez is also ejected. He's an escalator. And then Admiral Schofield is ejected because, I can attest, was an escalator. Got mm-hmm. thrown out of the game. So the next day, the NBA finds Robin Lopez $15,000. Robin Lopez has had a long NBA career, $15,000. I mean, sure, it hurts a little bit, but you know he, he's doing just fine. Admiral Schofield is on a two-way contract. And I had to I had to look into this. Okay, guy got fined twenty thousand dollars. Definitely gonna hurt the pocket for him on the season. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about two way contracts. You know how they're yeah. structured, how much these guys are, are getting paid, and this is what I found. Mm-hmm. So two way players uh, receive half of the league's minimum. Right now, Luke, the NBA minimum is approximately nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars. So if you play the whole year, you get half of that, which is you know roughly you know. Four hundred and seventy-five thousand, right. somewhere around there, right? Now yeah. Schofield signed January sixth, which was roughly half of the season. So I'm guessing I couldn't find any kind of confirmation for this anywhere. But my thought would be, two-way, you play half the season, you receive half of the two-way. So roughly two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So if that is true, first of all, not bad for what four months worth of work on Admiral mm-hmm. Schofield's behalf. But if that's accurate, he 
he got fined almost 10% of his salary for the season shoving Montrezl Harrell around. Yeah, yeah. And also, I want to add, he he probably got a little more just because... Um, so that I think that's the base. And from what I remember being with, with Lakeland and the G League a few years back, what I remember is that as a two-way player, you've got 45 days in the NBA, right? Like you can practice with the team. That's one day, right? You, you travel, you're traveling, you're playing on the team, playing in a game. Like those, those count as days you get 45 days. And at the time, a few years ago, I believe it was about, uh, I think it was like $4,000 a day or something like that for every, something like that. But I don't know if the, the structure has I changed or if you know, different this season because of COVID they mm, went into so they this restructured. season. I, I believe there was not a limit placed on how many days they could be with the oh, team. Oh, because of, because uh, of COVID uh, hardship and, deals exactly, and all that stuff, exactly. too. So I believe it is that different this year. Sense. Now, what I'm, I, I, this is purely speculation, like my, you know, the 20 minutes I spend of internet research trying to figure this out. So I could be wrong, but like just the thought of poor Admiral Schofield losing 10% of his yearly salary I hope someone pays in that one him. game. Somebody, somebody's got to pay the fine. R.J. Hampton should pay it for him. R.J. Hampton, you know, Cole Anthony, maybe Markel, you know, one of the highest paid guys on the team. No, I want R.J. to do it because it all was around. R.J. was talking all game. So yeah, R.J. should pay it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Luke. Let's actually look at the box score. So Chuma Okiki leads all scores for the Orlando Magic, which I am holding firm to the fact that you have not officially apologized to Chuma Okiki, by the way. And mm. I feel like he's redeemed himself uh, this season. I feel like mm. he had a rough start, but redeemed himself. If Gary Harris got an apology from you, he didn't have quite the turnaround that Gary did. But Chuma, you know, just kind of right below there. But anyways, uh, Moritz Wagner, a guy that we've seen a lot of, you know, this season, but definitely more the last few weeks, uh, finishes this game with 17 points for the Magic. The problem was Lamelo Ball. 26 points for the Hornets. Terry Rozier, 22 points for the Hornets. And Montrezl Harrell, 14 points off the bench. Uh, Kelly Oubre, 16 points off the bench for the Hornets. Uh, they shoot 52% from the floor in this game. Magic, 40%. Uh, they out-rebound the Orlando Magic by 13. Magic with 16 turnovers in this game. Just uh, not what you want, obviously, out of a out of a team that's struggling. But the Hornets, really, this was a must-win game for them. And they went out and they won the game, Luke. Yeah, um, not much to add to that, Jonathan. This game, I, I mean, we both, I think we both said that you know we would lose this game. I said that the doors would get blown off and against Charlotte, and that's exactly what happened. Can't say I'm surprised. Lamella Ball always seems to also get a highlight on the fast break against us. Did the old Jamal Crawford assist um, in that game? So he always does something. He loves playing the Magic, evidently. Is what you know. It was what it was. It's uh, it's whatever. I don't I really don't have anything to add to this. It was just a really ugly, undesirable game. Now I have a, a few friends who you know obviously they know I'm a big Magic fan and they're like I wouldn't even call them casual NBA fans. Like they just kind of something comes up on their Instagram reel. You know they right. might see something like that. It's like once a week in our group chat that somebody is sending a Lamelo Ball highlight because the kid yeah. is just so much freaking fun to watch and. You know, it's not yeah. great to see him, you know, between the legs alley-oop on your team. <laughs> but you're like, ah, you know what, that's that's kind of cool. I just would have appreciated you do that like any other night. Right. But yeah, LaMelo, tons of fun. Okay, the final game of the season, Sunday versus the Miami Heat. Again, 7 o'clock start. Not happy about that. It really stopped me from being able to be at this game. But again, last season, last game of the season for the Magic and the Miami Heat, really Sunday everybody's last game all 30 teams played uh yeah going into the last game you're hoping for a win over the heat game really didn't mean anything to either team the magic could not you know fall any lower than two they you know couldn't get any higher than that either um and the heat locked up the number one seed in the eastern conference although they are going to you know lose in the playoffs i don't think they'll make it to the eastern conference finals and uh yeah we just hate the heat so i don't i don't care if you know whatever <laughs> screw them but, um, yeah, Victor Oladipo drops a 40 ball on the last game of the season against the Magic, you know, his former team. Good for him. Needs it. He needed that. Hey, eh, whatever. Magic win 125 <laughs> to 111. That's the story of the night here. The Magic 23 threes ties the franchise record set back on January 14th, 2009. 
versus the Kings in Sacramento. Selfishly, this is not the team that I wanted to see to break that record set by a team that went to the NBA Finals. Now, they tie the record. They, did, they didn't break it. You and Kevin were kind of like, eh, you know, it's kind of fun. But the, the record lives another day. And next year will probably be when we see that record finally fall. And hopefully that's a team that we're talking about potentially for the playoffs, so, for the play-in game. I have a question, Jonathan. Oh, boy. I can only imagine. We, no, 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 no. So, so the Magic tie, right? Yeah. That record. Moving on is the terminology used that the Magic have a franchise record of 23 three-pointers set in 2009, or did they forever until it's broken, do they mention both of these years, both of these games when referring to it? No, you they, they, it, it would be it would behoove them mm. to just say set in 2009. Cuz yeah. you're going to look at oh, set in 2022. Let me go look at that team. My gosh, that team sucked. <laughs> you know? Like just leave yeah. it as the 2009 record. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Okay. I you know, I was just wondering. Yeah. How that clarification works, but yeah, it is what it is. But uh this game was a lot of fun, Jonathan. It was this game, fun. It's, this game was a good time for like the hand that we were dealt. Sucks to see a, a former uh, Magic legend come in and have a good game, and Michael Mulder, um, <laughs> and then Victor Oladipo. Uh, he was all right. <laughs> he, he dropped forty. Oh man! So, Can we have um, the Victor Oladipo conversation for like three minutes here? What do you want to talk about? Just with every Oladipo? time. Victor Oladipo plays against the Magic and plays well. We have these people still, like, even to this day, still boohooing. I cannot believe that we traded Victor <laughs> Oladipo, blah, blah, blah. Victor Oladipo was never going to become, first of all, I don't think it's safe to say that he is the player that he was in Indiana when he was making all-star games. Still a good player. No. But he was never going to become that player here in Orlando. He went to Oklahoma City, saw Russell Westbrook. I think that was his MVP season. I could be mistaken but saw what it took to be a superstar player night in and night out, took that with him to Indiana, completely transformed his body that season that he was traded to Indiana, and then yeah. has, you know, what was it, two or three all-star seasons in Indiana. He was not sure. going to become that player here. With that being said, hindsight is twenty twenty. The Sabonis Oladipo trade for Ibaka was terrible. Rob Hennigan was just trying to save his job and probably – Picking Victor Oladipo at, you know, over Evan Fournier would have been the right move. The Magic kind of went the other way with that. Chose to pay Evan Fournier. Traded away Victor Oladipo. Maybe you don't get the Ibaka deal done without including mm -hmm. Victor Oladipo. I don't know. But Oladipo, guys, he was not going to become this here. He, uh, yeah, and, and what I'll add to that, Jonathan, is also the fact that who knows, like, if he ends up playing in Orlando, you get into the situation of, well, maybe he just never gets injured and da 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 he, since 2018-19, he played 36 games that year, Made the all, made, was an all-star that year. Um, since 2018-2019, since that year when he got injured, he has played 95 total games. I know, I know we are Magic fans, and we don't have a lot of room to talk about guys that haven't played much yeah, recently. Not at all. But 95 games since 2018, I just, he, like you said, he just is, was never going to be that guy that, that you might have thought that he could have been when he was an all-star in Indiana. Unfortunately, injur injuries really did derail him, and he's still trying to get it figured out. I mean, in Houston, he plays 20 games. He averages 21 a game. Good for him, but, I mean, it's small sample size, right? So, yeah, as far as Oladipo goes, man, I, I think people need to let it go. <laughs> they need to let it go. It's a... It, He's not the player he was tonight. That's not him every night anymore. That's not him at all. Yeah. Best of luck, Bo. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not even gonna pretend to be as ignorant to believe that this conversation is over. Every single time he has a good game, every single time he plays well against the Magic, this is just gonna continue to be rehashed. Yep. Okay, Luke. So this is the point of the show where we're gonna recap the season. We're not gonna go into crazy detail. We're going to do, you know, player grades and, you know, coaching grades and GM grades and all that kind of stuff in, in future episodes, folks. This is the point where the show is really going to slow down. It's the off season. Bear with us. It's just kind of the nature of the business. But um, I do want to break down the season, Luke, and I've broken this up kind of into four quarters. Now, 
Yeah. 82 games. You can't really split that into quarters evenly. So what I've done is I quarter one is the first 20 games. Quarter two is the next 21 games. Quarter three is the next 20 games. Quarter yeah. four is the last 21 games. Okay. So I've got our record. Uh, you know, we've got things like offensive rating, defensive rating. Um, I've got some, you know, highs, some highlights, some lowlights, um, you know, kind of like the best player of each of the quarters of the season. And then we'll just kind of have a more general discussion about the season as a whole. Do you have records? I do have records. Great. I do okay. have records. So quarter one, so the first 20 games, the Magic went 4-16. and 16. Now we're getting kind of the fun part. We're going to talk about some of the fun wins of the season. First win over the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Fun Bing one. bong. Very, very Bing fun bong. one. It was fun mm-hmm. going through this and just kind of reliving some of those moments from this season. The second yeah. one, the win in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Bronze, 28 points. Mm-hmm. Kevin and I recorded an emergency podcast right after this game. <laughs> Franz Wagner, 28 points, 10 in the fourth quarter with the, the dunk over basically the whole team to seal the victory. Cole Anthony with 14 points in the fourth quarter in that game. Mm-hmm. Then we've the got the mayor of Minnesota. The mayor of Minnesota, exactly. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, yeah. yes, correct. The win over Utah at home. RJ Hampton hitting the dagger late in that game. Then another win in Madison Square Garden over the Knicks. The Magic own MSG. Bing Bong, Bing bong mm-hmm. undefeated in MSG this season. The low light, the 35-point loss to the Bulls on Black Friday. That was Vucevic's return to the Amway. I was courtside for that game. It was not fun whatsoever. That was actually the 20th game of the season, but that was not fun. Through 20 games in this season, Luke, the Magic were 27th in offensive rating. They scored 101.3 points per 100 possessions and 29th in defensive rating, giving up 112.3 points per 100 possessions. The first quarter of the season, Luke, the first quarter MVP was Cole Anthony, who averaged 19.6 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, shot 41% from the floor, and 36% from the three-point line. Thoughts on the first quarter of the season? Anything that I didn't mention or anything that really stuck out to you? What was like your favorite or least favorite part of the first quarter of the season? Uh, So my favorite part was just the, the, the emergence of Cole Anthony, right? We, we would soon come to find out that that's just maybe not realistic of who he is going to be as a player. I hope it is, but but I just don't know that it's there, right? But that was the first kind of the, the twinkle in our eyes about Cole Anthony. It began, it began to grow. That part of the season was a lot of fun to me, despite only four wins. All of those wins were fun. When you suck, every win matters, but it was like those wins were just notable. Like that, those were some really just genuinely fun games to to watch and and see the team win and grow through. Franz, that that highlight. I mean, there. I think you hit on everything, but just as a whole, getting to kind of see how this team would gel, and you could see even though the team went four and sixteen, chemistry was being built, trust was being built, and you could just see that the talent for this team is is really through the roof. They just got to put it together, and this is when the first part of that where we really started to take notice of that. It's really funny, like kind of just I remember like my emotions at the beginning of the season. So after Mm -hmm. the trade deadline last year, you know, we're all sad about some of the guys that left. And then you're excited about the new guys. And then, oh, we've got two picks coming up in the draft. And, you know, the lottery didn't go the way that we wanted it to. But then the draft kind of did go the way that we wanted it to. We got Suggs. We got Wagner. We weren't really sure about Wagner. You have Summer League and, you know, Jalen looks pretty good. Cole and RJ looked really bad in summer league. Franz kind of looked meh. We thought Giannis Timo was going to make the roster. <laughs> and then the start of the season, like you just kind of forget all about the bad things. And even though we had expectations that this was going to be a 20 to you know 25 win team, you end up with 22 wins. But it's like the beginning of the season, like you're hopeful, you're excited, you're just happy that basketball is back. And like the first 20 games, I think that was still in full effect. You're like, we're four and 16, but this game, this team is really, really fun. You know, Cole's great. And then we go into quarter two, which is where things started to get a little bit more rough, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into some of those details that now. Schedule. Yeah, the schedule was just a bear. Awful. So quarter two, and again, we're breaking down the, the next 21 games here. So the Magic go three and 18 in those 21 games, or 21 games. With wins over Denver at home, it's good to win in, in AG's return. 
Uh, a win over the Nets in Brooklyn, a win over the Hawks in Atlanta. Those were back-to-back. However, that was really when COVID really started to just run rampant around the league. It was not the Brooklyn Nets that you're thinking. It was not the the Hawks that you're thinking. It wasn't even the magic that you're thinking of. Uh, we also had an overtime loss in Boston to the Celtics. That was when Jalen Brown dropped 50. Uh, we also had a Franz 38-point game over the Milwaukee Bucks, which before today, when Jalen Green went off for, I think it was 41 for the Rockets, mm-hmm. Franz's 38 points against the Bucks um, in this uh, second quarter of the season was the highest score total by a rookie all season. So that held up for you know four or five months or so. The games during this stretch, again, when you know COVID is running rampant across the team, we had games featuring guys like B.J. Johnson, Asani Gravett, Tim Frazier. I forgot Tim Frazier played for the Magic this season. Michael Mulder, Aleem Ford, and Freddie Gillespie. Freddie Gillespie, who I actually did like a lot. But yeah. those were some of the guys that we saw playing heavy minutes in some of these games in, in November and in December and into January, Luke. During the second quarter of the season, the Magic were 28th in offensive rating at 104.4 and 21st in defensive rating at 112.3. So the 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 Magic's offense was horrible all year, and you'll hear that in each one of these kind of quarters that we cover. Um, but the Magic, you know, they go from 29th in defensive rating in the first quarter of the season to the, yeah. the, the second quarter of the season, 21st in defensive rating. So you saw a little bit of an improvement there. The MVP of the second quarter of the season was Franz Wagner. Yeah. You know, uh, December rookie of the month in the Eastern Conference, averaged 18.5 points per game in this stretch, 5.2 rebounds, three assists, shot 46% from the floor, 36% from three, Luke. Thoughts on Q2? Um, you just saw really like this was the true emergence of Franz Wagner in that second quarter. That's That's what that part of the season was. It was a miserable part of the season looking back on it, man. What was the record? Three and eighteen, yeah, yeah. So um, one less win than the than the first quarter of the season, but but truly just way more miserable, despite being only just one less win. Seeing all those guys take the the court, there's no shade being thrown at those guys at all who who did get rostered by the Magic, but it just shows how crazy that was with injuries with COVID. I'm so glad that that's over. <laughs> That that part of the season's over. I hope we never see it again. And uh, I hope we never see uh, a quarter two like that again. I certainly hope so. Um, I mean, I think it was like that really bad, you know, kind of wave in, um, you know, December and like into the beginning of January. And like since then, it's like almost nobody. I think we had one maybe a a few weeks ago. But at this point, it, it seems like we are mostly over that. But uh, it's hard not to to just look back at that point of the season. Really across the league, so many teams like you know the Chicago Bulls. I know were hit really bad by COVID. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be difficult to look back on the season and and not kind of remember uh, you know the first couple of months when you know guys were just missing with COVID all the time. And, and crazy enough, I think Franz is like the only guy on the team. He's playing so well during that stretch. Is like the only guy that we didn't see go out with yeah. COVID during that stretch. I mean. He finishes the season playing what you know, seventy eight, seventy nine games. Probably mm-hmm. could have played eighty two games if circumstances were different for the Magic. But to me, the the emergence of Franz Wagner was like, okay, we were wondering, could this guy be like a number one option eventually? Can this guy handle the ball a little bit and you know be that point forward? And he emphatically answered all of those questions, one hundred percent yes. Like now. Later on in the season, we kind of started to see the usage drop a little bit for Franz, but especially, you know, December was so much fun, uh, really just because of Franz Wagner. All right, quarter three, Luke. So this is another 20-game section here. The Magic okay. goes 7-13, and 13, so you start to win some more games here. Uh, you mm-hmm. have wins over the Bulls at home, which was that blowout. Uh, you might also remember uh, Jalen Suggs, you know, getting into a little bit of a banter with some Bulls fans. And, you know, Magic City, this is a Magic City, uh, you know, making a dunk and and then, you know, showing, you know, magic across his chest. You might remember that. Mm. Uh, Wins over the Pistons and Rockets during this time, which, you know, became really interesting in terms of lottery odds and and lottery implications towards the end of the season. 
This also included the 28-point first half for Mo Bamba against Philadelphia. That mm. game, Joel Embiid drops 50. The Magic end up yeah. losing that game anyway. And in this quarter of the season, Luke, the Magic were 29th in offensive rating with 106.1 points per uh, 100 possessions. And up 21st in defensive rating, they were up to 17th in defensive rating this stretch at 112.3 points allowed per 100 possessions. Now, when when you say they were at 17th, do you mean up until that point in the year or no, in no, the no. third Just quarter? Just in they had that se- quarter of the season. They, they had the 17th. In they were 17th. Okay, gotcha. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, wanted to clarify. I don't, I, I don't think that you caught this, and I had to go back and double check myself on this because I was like, there's no way that this is possible. Did you notice quarter one of the season, quarter two of the season, quarter three of the season, each of the first three quarters of the season, if you just look at, you know, kind of you know, under the microscope there, the Magic had a 112.3 defensive rating in each one of the first three quarters of the season. Wow. Very interesting. Doesn't mean anything. I don't think it's anything. But when I saw that, I was like, that can't be right. Sure enough, I went back and double-checked, and each of the first three quarters of the season – the Magic were at 112.3 defensive rating. Just kind of funny little quirk on the season there. Yeah, did you uh, did you uh, name a MVP? I yeah. did. It was Dell. I mean, yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. This was like really when he started to make his stamp as probably you know the best, most consistent player that we had all season. During this stretch, Luke, 16.9 points per game, 10.1 rebounds, 2.7 yeah. assists, shooting 56.5 percent from the floor incredibly efficient from Wendell and this is where it just kind of picked started to pick up steam um that Wendell was just our best most consistent player night in and night out that's a bad man I don't care what anybody says that's a bad man after the game tonight obviously he did not take part but in the post game I'm assuming maybe in the locker room I don't know where it took place for him but um he said we're going to be lit when referring to next year man I just hearing I, first of all I'm happy for Dell. I'm happy for uh what that third quarter of the season meant for him. Meant really solidified in a lot of our minds. This is the this is the guy we want at our at our center position. This is the guy that we want to to throw out on the court to to anchor a, a defense. I think he can do it. He didn't average one block a game this year, but I don't think it matters. He plays such good on-ball defense uh for a guy his size that I am fully okay with that. Uh, he's a guy that is going to do the right thing, make the right play. You're never gonna really blame. You're never gonna blame him for not hustling. He's, you know, he he got the goggles look going this year. So this third quarter for me just reminds me all about Dell and when people really started to fall in love with him as a player. Well, the other thing about Dell, you know, in in terms of the glasses, is that he's talked about you know potentially bringing back like the Horace Grant goggles, you know, <laughs> for for next season, which I know a lot of Magic fans would. Um, enjoy and welcome but Luke if you're that happy <clears throat> about uh about Dell being the the third quarter MVP you're gonna lo- you're gonna love to hear about the fourth quarter of this season uh, so the last 21 games first of all Mar- Markel came back which right. I found I very, was there for the return very very hilarious literally if you break the season down into quarters the way that I did the very first game of the fourth quarter of the season Markel came back Coincidence? Yeah. Mm. I, I'll I'll let uh, you guys decide that for yourselves. But I, I found that very interesting. So over the last twenty-one games, the Magic went eight and thirteen. Luke, they won two games twice in a row. Uh, it featured wins over Toronto, over Minnesota, over Oklahoma City, over Golden State, and Miami. The final game of the season, uh, which we uh, which we witnessed tonight. Uh, but we also saw Kyrie's sixty-point game on the magic as the nets beat the magic. I think it was like almost by 40. Uh, and then the very next game we saw Sadiq Bay. Yeah. 51 on the magic. Uh, yeah. So those are, are kind of like the low parts of the season. And then coming into tonight, I don't have the, the updated stats from um, the Miami game. I, I would guess it's, it's not too much different. Uh, but in this last quarter of the season, the magic were 29th in offensive rating uh, with a one Oh four. And they were sixth in defensive rating, 111.5. Actually, that sixth is updated. So the last quarter of the season, the Magic were sixth in defensive rating over the last 21 games. Very impressive for the Magic. And then the MVP of the fourth quarter of the season, Wendell 
19.2 points per game, 11.6 rebounds, three assists, 57.1% from the floor, 35% from the three-point line. As good as he was in the third quarter of the season, Luke, he was even that much better in the fourth quarter of the season. Missed some time over the last couple of weeks, you know, kind of getting to the end of the season, but was really just incredible and took his game up to another level. I mentioned a couple of times this season that I felt like Wendell had another level to get to, and mm. this is what I meant. The 19 points per game, 11 rebounds, 57 How many games was the that? Floor. Uh, give me a couple of minutes and I can find that. Um, I'm yeah, not so exactly sure right now. While you do that, I want to add, Jonathan, this is <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr., is essentially was the MVP for half the season, right? You break it down by quarter. Half the season, he was the MVP. In 2024, Jonathan, not next season, but the next, he will be making $11.95 million for the Magic. 2025-26, he'll be making less than that on a declining contract, $10.85 million. If that's not a steal, I don't know what it is. If, if Dell can stay healthy, like I think he can... 10 games, probably like a little bit better of a bigger sample size, but still, right. that, that's the level he still I did it. And you about. could argue, you could argue Markel's a fourth quarter MVP, absolutely, in terms of the impact, games played, um, all those things. You could argue it's Markel, but I, I, I'll i take an excuse to talk about WCJ as well. Um, just the, 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 the mere fact of his contract, that extension that happened, is absurd. It looks more ridiculous by the day. I almost feel bad for the guy. I hope that he puts up incredible numbers, leads the team to a lot of success, so that when he's an unrestricted free agent in 2026, the Magic can throw him a little bit of a bag and say, hey, we want to keep you here. We'd love to do that. And they give him something just absurd to make up for the fact that he's only going to be making I mean, you know, 13 mil, 11, and 10. I, I don't think that is outlandish at all. We saw the Magic do that with Nikola Vucevic. After his rookie deal, I think he signed like, you know, four year, like $14 million a year, something like that, similar to Dell, you know, has the all-star season and then, you know, gets the $100, $100 million contract in yeah. the, you know, 2019, 2020 off season. So, and, and the crazy thing is he will, when he is done, he's going at the end of that year, that, that 25, 26 year, he will at that point have, he will be 26 years old. He's got another good for five years left in him at that point easy you gotta you throw that man the bag if 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 this trajectory continues and i hope it does because i love this man as i've said i hope that, that he gets rewarded with the huge contract because that's gonna feel criminal if he's averaging like 17 and 11 making 10 million dollars a year i would agree well you mentioned markel i do have markel stats in front of me as well so in yeah. 18 games that Markel played of the last 21 for the Magic, averaged 10.9 points per game, 2.8 rebounds, 4.9 assists, uh, 47% from the floor, 28% from the three-point line in 19.4 minutes per game. I don't think it's a, a huge coincidence that the Magic made a huge leap defensively once Markel came back. Uh, Luke, this season, uh, the Magic had as much as a 10-game losing streak spanning December and January. They never won more than two games in a row. They did that four times. And this season, they lost by an average of 8.2 points per game. Yeah. Uh, what a season. A lot a lot of storylines in there, Jonathan, but I don't know if you could pay me to relive it. <laughs> you could pay me to relive it. I mean, we're, we oh, survived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we survived, but I, I don't want, like, you're, you have to pay me a good amount yeah, to sit oh, yeah. through, like, this whole year again. Oh yeah, and 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 know you know and do all those things. I mean, I'm relieved. I know you're relieved that this season is over, come to an end. We can reflect on the good things, but there was there was a lot of bad. There was uh, there was a lot of a lot of downs in this year. When when you look back on this season, and it may it may be difficult to answer this question right now because we probably won't really know the repercussions or or kind of the direction that this team was heading in for for quite some time. When in the future, what do you think you'll 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 look back on and, and think of this season? Mm. Uh, this season, I think what Markel has done in the fourth quarter of the season, it could be easy to say Markel, right? Like, Markel came back and he looked great. I think what he does next year will totally eclipse this. I don't think that we will really remember this as much. 
uh, in terms of Markel. I think we're going to remember Franz having an incredible rookie year, and we're going to remember Wendell Carter Jr. and just the the extension to kick off everything and his play throughout the year. I think that those are two of the things uh, individually that I'll look back on with this year fondly, but also I don't think this team is nearly as bad as the record indicates. I don't think fully healthy that this team is in a, is in a top three lottery situation. I think that this team is much better than the record indicates. And unfortunately in the record books and those stats, the year by year stats records and everything online, everyone's going to remember this as a terrible year for the Orlando magic. And like I said, there were so many downs, but I also remember that this team is not nearly as bad as people will think at first glance. So for me, I'm right there with you. It's I, I'm obviously going to remember Franz's rookie year, incredible rookie year. Obviously going to remember Wendell Carter, like really coming onto the scene and, and proving that you know as talented and as touted as he was coming out of Duke. That you know the the people that thought he was going to be this good, you know, this was kind of when he started to prove them right. I'm mm-hmm. also going to look back on this is is like Jamal Mosley's first year as a head coach. He's going to be a head coach in this league, I think, for a long, long time. Mm. Um, whether that's with the Magic, I, I really don't know. But just something that we didn't really mention about the Hornets game is when that whole kerfuffle started, he basically huddles everybody up after mm-hmm. the fact. And you know, I don't know what was said, but you know, they're laughing and their spirits are still high. When you're a 20-win team, you got two games left to go in the season. Your guys are still fighting like that. They're still bought in and they're able to laugh in the middle of a season like that. That's almost over. They've got their vacation yeah. plans ready to go. They're in the middle of a blowout mm-hmm. on the road. It would be really easy for a team like that to kind of you know lower their heads and, and get super down on themselves. But Luke, this team just never broke. This yeah. this team was bad all season. We're we're not hiding that. But I just I can't say enough how impressed that I was all season long that. The Magic never, ever, ever let go of the rope. The Magic were bad. Bend, bend not break, baby. Bend, don't break. And they bent pretty far. <laughs> they they, they bent were bent to their far. limits, for sure. And, yeah, uh, we thought they were going to snap several times. L- literally. And and they just never let go of the rope. And I think it's obviously a testament to the character of each of the guys that, you know, John and Jeff have put in the locker room. But I, I just, I, I keep going back to this. This season is probably so much less fun with another head coach. And yeah. this might not be fair to the the gentleman that I'm about to mention, but it's it's really the most recent reference that we have. This this season would have been in my opinion so much more miserable with Steve Clifford as the head coach. Yes, but thank goodness that Steve Clifford realized that. Yes. Because I commend I, I am, him for that. Yeah, absolutely because I I think that he he could have he could have stayed. Like I think that that they would, they, what are you going to tell him? Like, this guy is a guy that took a team that hadn't made the playoffs in years to, to two straight playoffs, right? Am I, am I right on that? Two straight, right? Well, two straight, and then, you know, one on, they decide to blow the whole team up in the third right. year. Yeah, that whole thing. I mean, if it's so not for they health, had every reason they make the they playoffs had every, again. Every reason for Cliff to stay. Hats off to Cliff for, for understanding and being real with himself and being like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to work with a rebuilding team. You guys bring in a players' coach. Have, have yourselves a ball. I'm out. Yeah. Thank you for that, Cliff. Yes. Because uh, this this season is miserable it, with with him as the head coach. Call it what it is. But this season's miserable with him as a head coach. I think he gets frustrated a lot more. Fair. I think. Let's be fair. The season was miserable in general. Well, I think that you would have seen him being visually yeah. miserable. You saw the the patented like Mosley like rubbing the back of his head at times on the bench, and you know just really it, it, going through it. But what but do you at think the end the of the over day, over under would have been on press conferences where Clifford comes in, speaks for a minute and a half, and then just walks out with no questions. Oh, there's so that that over. I would say that, that's upwards of forty. <laughs> upwards. That's probably an yeah. exaggeration, but. And no, I think the morale but, of the yeah. players would have been much lower. Yes, and and I'm because let's stop yeah. let's stop this from being like a crap on Steve Clifford. Like I'm I'm trying to 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 shed light on just how good of a job Jamal Mosley did this year, and he he proved to be, if anything else, a leader of men this season. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I think from a morale standpoint, Mosley did the best job he could have done. Um, X's and O's, different story. Obviously, we he got better. Yeah, as the year went on, as it should have, because he's a first year head coach. But um, definitely critiques, and we we will get into that as the season, you know, as the off season begins here. But overall, hats off to Mosley for keeping this team together. I, I think that's not easy to do. These are a lot of guys that not too long ago were the best bi- best guy at their college, best players in their high schools. These are guys with egos, right? Like these are young, competitive guys. They want to win basketball games more than anything else in the world. They're not vets that have been doing it forever, aside from like Rolo and T. Ross. So I, I think that, you know, hats off to the to to the coaching staff, to to the guys on this team to really keep it together. I think they showed a lot of maturity, a lot more than I really truly thought that someone, you know, kids their age should have. Yeah. I mean, credit to Mosley, credit to the guys, like the chemistry and the culture that yeah. they've built all year round. It was evident night in and night out. Um, you know, thank you to them because in, in a, a season that wasn't obviously filled with a ton of winning, they most nights, you know, you, you weren't completely embarrassed to watch the team. Now, were there maybe, I don't know, eight to 10 of those games this season where you just got creamed and you're like, oh my gosh, this team is horrible. Yes. Right. Were, were they frustrating to watch as a, as a young group trying to, you know, figure and, and find their way in the NBA and learn how to win? Absolutely. But how many times did we, we were like, oh, this is game is going to be a blowout. And then all of a sudden we look up and with a few minutes to go, it's a you know seven or eight point game and they have a, a puncher's chance yeah. of winning the game. And that's a huge testament to to the, the guys on the roster. It's a huge testament to Mosley. Yeah, absolutely. I There's something that's developed while we've been recording, Jonathan, oh boy. In, term, in terms of magic news. Okay. Um, I, are we are we done with like with that? Yeah, but I'm terrified <laughs> to, to hear what okay. you're going to say. Um, Mo Bamba on the uncertainty of the oh, offseason and potentially entering restricted free agency. Quote, I want to be a part of it, the Magic's future, in parentheses. I want to be here. I want to make that clear. I'll let that stuff handle itself and continue to work regardless. I mean, what you can't ask for a better answer than that. He wants to be no. here. We know that. We we just we talked for five minutes. I think about that on on you know the last right. episode. And you would think that that you know he'd want to be here, but that that tells me that if Mo is going to accept a role that involves the bench, then I, I think that's what's going to have to happen for him. Hundred percent. I don't I don't and see how he can be your starting power forward next year. No. No, I don't think so. Unless for whatever reason, like Ji is not ready to go, and they they do that. But if Ji is not ready to go, I mean, you, like it was a fun experiment. If Ji is not ready to go, and we don't have Chet or Jabari or Paolo or even a Keegan Murray, right? Like it's Chuma, right? Like mm. I know this is a new development. We're going to get more into this probably on a on another episode, right. but. Yep. I, to me, you know, it was a it was a fun experiment. You know, you you helped get most you know confidence up this season, and but the focus to me, and let's close with this: the focus for next year, to me, regardless of how this lottery ends up, the the goal next year should be to win basketball games. Yeah, not developing guys, not throwing out lineups like Mose did throughout the year you know, experimenting, right? Like there were so many times where it was very, very evident that Mosley was not looking to win that game. He was just looking to try out another lineup. Yeah. The most ridiculous lineups, the ones you didn't even think where you could put on a basketball court, Mosley put them out there. So yeah, I think next year, everything changes. Everything shifts. You got to, you, you started building that culture this year and you have to really capitalize on the culture you built. You got to win basketball games next year. Absolutely, that's what what next year holds. Last thing I'll say is I want Mo Bamba to be our backup center next year. That's me. I might be in the minority of that, but that's yeah. I I, I don't know. There, you could but, do much worse, in my opinion. You could do yeah. You, you could do worse. You could do better. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 discuss it for sure. But that was the one thing I wanted. I didn't want to not mention that because I'm sure people will have that as well in their minds as they go into tomorrow. No, for sure. Good job. All right, so guys, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun off season. Uh, we're working on, you know, putting together some lists of, of guests that we want to bring on the show. You know, some fan favorites uh, that have been on the show in the past. 
um, you know, some folks, you know, with the organization and whatnot that haven't been on the show yet that we're hoping to get, you know, um, if there's somebody that you guys would really like to hear, you know, on the show, please let us know. Please just understand it's, it's really hard for us to get Tracy McGrady, like Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway. <laughs> so like, just, just keep that in mind when you let us know who you want to be on the show. But, uh, next episode, I think we're going to start to get into some player grades, but obviously as we get closer to the, the lottery and probably after the lottery is where we'll get super heavy into prospects, We'll bring, you know, Eric Fawcett, you know, back on the show. I know everybody you know, loves when we have him on. So, uh, yeah, guys, um, just rock with us. And I said this kind of in, like, signing off the last postgame uh, video after the game tonight is, like, the casuals we know we'll see you guys in October. But those of you who are, you know, going to be listening to us, like, all off season, you know, we, we know you guys will be here. So we really, really appreciate that. Luke, anything else? No, thank you guys. Yeah, just thank you guys for uh it's been a rough season, but it's still been an awesome season, you know, for the show and, and everything like that. So again, we just can't tell you guys enough how much we appreciate it. But for the final show of the regular season, we're gonna go ahead and sign off here. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.